Welcome to the January 2021 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. I'm Annie, sound engineer, host, and in this book, I am the rhinoceros that keeps falling through the glitch in the swamp. Nice. <laughs> I'm Britt, and I had chosen a quote and now I can't remember it. Oh, it was the, I don't have to answer that shit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not answering that shit. <laughs> and I'm Amanda, and, oh man, I don't remember what I was. I am the- Oh, you, you were the Simpsons comic book guy. Oh yeah, I'm the Simpsons comic book guy in this movie because I kept saying, nah, this can't be a thing. There's no way they could make a game that big. <laughs> <laughs> Our amuse boost. The amuse boost is what is the whole bite of what we're going to get into. Slay is Kira Johnson's dream come true, a virtual world where Black people can celebrate Black excellence across the diaspora. In the world of Slay, she is the game developer and head moderator. In the real world of high school, she's a junior with a hot boyfriend and the prospects of going to her dream HBCU, historically Black college and university. For the last three years, these worlds have never mixed. But after a violent incident where a Slay player is killed because of the game, these worlds come crashing together, written by Brittany Morris. And for the other cover take, which is where we ask our significant others what they think of the cover, what they think the book's about just by looking at the cover. Jamal and I read the book together. So we'll we'll get into what he, he thought a little later. My one commentary on the cover is I'm sad that the letters aren't green because in the book, they specifically talk about how the branding for the game is green. The letters are supposed to be big green sleigh letters. And I was sad that it still had to be pink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Emerald. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because girls won't read books that aren't pink. <laughs> <laughs> so Garrett studied this cover and I'm glad I wrote it down because I would not have remembered this. <laughs> um, said that he said the pixelation on the right makes me think it's something digital coupled with the word slay makes me think it's video game related. And then there's like a tagline on the top of the book. So he said the line on the top talks about dropping knowledge. So maybe she's like trying to become a professional gamer or get into esports, but because it's predominantly male dominated, she's having a hard time. So she was breaking barriers and dropping knowledge along the way. And I was like, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, race instead of gender. And you pretty yeah. much got it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Phil went a little different. He said from the title, and he thought the pixels from the video game were blood splatters. So he thought that she was seeking righteous vengeance, I guess, like along the bride and um, Kill Bill or something. <laughs> Actual slaying of, of humans. I yeah. mean, they do slay. It's a, actually, in multiple times in the book, the, uh, the main character talks about how she likes words that have multiple meanings. And I can't remember what that's called in grammar right now. But when she's describing the title, why she called it slay, she says that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, appetizer, popcorn with butter and cheese flavor. And so I put some comments in here and also like what Jamile's take was on it. So the book is, is a lot of black identity politics. Jamile immediately hated Malcolm, who is the boyfriend. Hey. 
and <laughs> he, was, he, he was the worst. <laughs> he was the actual worst. Jamal expressed his dislike. He he said he asked me if we swear on the podcast, and I said yes. And he said, "Damn, dick, that good. Horrible choice is good." <laughs> um, definitely he was. Ex- I mean, she, I mean, she didn't know any better, right? <laughs> She's a teen. Jamal was really upset that she second-guessed all of her friends' opinions, but never second-guessed her partner. And I thought that was interesting because I just, it's its not often that I get to hear like his take on young adult relationships. <laughs> well, um, I can sort of see that though, because her partner had set himself up to always be misunderstood by other people. And so she was defensive automatically, like you're already not understanding him. He's from a different place. Like he's had troubles in the past and you're judging him. So I think that sort of maybe played into it why she would be more likely to be on his side. Yeah, I mean, I think from the way I thought Jamal was expressing it was like, your friends are your people first and why would you not listen to them when they have your back and not only for like romantic or sexual reasons. Yeah. So then he was also talking about like societal expectations and being friends because you form a connection and growing up with them he used the is claire her friend claire's the friend right yeah the other developer oh no who was the the friend the white rich white girl Haley or hallie or something oh yeah so jamal used that example of like you have a connection you meet them you have this funnel immediate funnel cake connection and like you form a bond like that's friendship doesn't have to be about like necessarily what you look like or or what community you come from and then he was talking a little bit about like what is racist and he's he said there's a fine line between blackness and racism exclusivity and hate accepting yourself and experiences he said there's so much emphasis on being black that that can become as dangerous as what they're fighting against and then he was really taken i mean his he has his own rhetoric about becoming his true self you know he often never felt black enough as a kid growing up and like had a lot of ostracized experiences. And so he, he felt like that was very, he was very drawn to that part of the story and the way that it was being discussed. So yeah. Was there anything in particular from that, that you folks wanted to talk more about? Um, I mean, it's like that thing, like someone doesn't go to like a crazy place just crazily. There's like maybe some kernels of truth to their experiences that lead them down this path and then it just snowballs I guess I don't know I can I can see that happening I think what I what I think I said this last time and I want to just make clear is that I don't think having a black exclusive space is racist <laughs> which a lot of people think like if you have a space exclusively for one type of race or ethnicity that that's racism and that's racism is not. actually power so you know it's not just like an exclusive space. It's the way that power has historically been used within the context and like who has power, who has historically had power and who has not. Right. Um, just because you make like a safe space for um, a type or a group doesn't mean that that's like race, racist or exclusive or um, exclusionary. It's more about safety for a community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems completely reasonable to me. And I mean, it was like, a mostly black space but people could be invited 
So if you're invited, maybe you're fine. But if you're not invited, maybe you shouldn't come. Well, I think that was, I was actually part of the story is like, you were only supposed, Black people were only supposed to invite Black people. And then her friend Claire was worried about not being Black enough because she was, she had a white parent. And so like the politics of, of Blackness and race and gender, like, are we going to do a DNA test or, uh, you know, uh, is it just culture or I think those aren't those aren't questions we really have answers to. Well, uh, I mean, I really liked how the game like took in experiences from everybody. Like there's like this huge diaspora, like there is no one way to be black or whatever. And the game really took that into account. And just because you weren't part of like this thing, like you're not growing up in like Crayol doesn't mean that doesn't relate to you at all, you know? I thought that was kind of neat. We can move on to the main course then. This one's Mom's Chicken, Peas, and Rice, and it's Blackness versus Racism, which I brought up a little bit already. And then also game development, virtual reality, and online communities. And I actually would love for you two to talk about that since you game way more than me. <laughs> well, I don't do uh, multiplayer because I'm scared of the wired internet. <laughs> like, I understand what I can't imagine like having to deal with like a regular multiplayer game. Like as a woman, it already is terrifying to me. I can't even imagine as a black woman how terrifying that would be to go into those spaces and just know you're going to be hassled. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is why I don't play them, but I don't know. Do you play them, Britt? Like no multiplayer games? No. One time Garrett was playing something and he like went to the bathroom or to the kitchen or something and I just put on his headset <laughs> just to like hear like what was going on and he was just like playing a game with a bunch of random people and then I said something and like it was like like record scratch <laughs> and somebody was like oh, no is that a chick and I was just like oh ew, no ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a long time I avoided it because when I was picking I'm like a, a tail end Gen Xer, so the internet was not like a native thing for me. So they're like, pick a PlayStation name. I'm like, great, Amanda, and then my real last name. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because that's my name, right? I didn't think about I don't have like a username or whatever, but I'm like, oh, I can never play multiplayer now because my last name's pretty unique. I'm the only one in the country. <laughs> like, oh man. And it's just multiplayer scares me. Yeah. I've um I've never played VR games as well. So like, and I know that like the description of this game is like massively beyond what is capable in real life. But I mean, it sounded dope as hell. Like I would love to play this game. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know. I, you know, thinking about playing, you know, online games and being harassed by like random people and like, it would probably feel different if I was like in a space that felt safe. Um, yeah. I mean, I've talked to a lot of multiplayer gamers who like will have friends that they've met online and like guilds. And it's like actually a really good social pastime that probably would have been, you know, good during the pandemic to have real life people to talk to. But I just, I couldn't wade through it. So I think in the game, in the world of Slay, she's providing like an invaluable service yeah. to pre-vet. And there's the players. Yeah, that's for sure. And there's something about like being in a space with other people who like you know you have shared experiences with. Like it's like I don't know. I just I get like microaggressions just left and right on a daily basis and it's like something that like you don't have to worry about or at least like, you know, from a race perspective or or just like some things that are just kind of unspoken. 
right? That like mm-hmm. you just know that you both can relate to. And so there's like something about that connection as well. Yeah. I mean, from what I can tell is literally just not running into someone who's going to sling the N-word at you like willy-nilly, right? Like that is apparently a thing that happens all the time on oh, in yeah. the gaming community. Just the internet in general. Yeah. Well, the internet in general too. Yeah. I just, I've been following more like gamers on Twitter and just watching some stuff that happened in 2020 specifically was just like kind of crazy to me. I didn't realize that, like, I can't remember which game, it wasn't Twitch or I can't remember if it was Twitch or Discord, but like they'd banned the word incel before they banned the N-word in the chat. Just like stuff like that. Like, what are we even talking about here? You know, and and there are there's this one creator specifically who I really love. Their handle is Mermaid Jude. And they do all of these like short cuts of like their Twitch stream. And a lot of them are about them create why they're creating this safe space for people. And they'll use comments from random people entering the chat as examples of like how to be kind about gender pronouns or why they're making this space for people. And I'm just, and it, they have, not only do they have to do that, but then they also have moderators and like the amount of effort that just one person has to go through to create a safe space is incredible to me. You know, like there's a reason why, there's a reason why I find that kind of thing overwhelming. Like there's so much going on, but just also these are things that the platforms could have thought about if they yeah. had been made by people who had experienced harassment and racism <laughs> and sexism, but they're not. And so they're inherently not safe because they're built by people who haven't had to think about that. And people who have been told to think about it and choose not to think about it and just don't consider it a priority because I don't believe there's anybody working in big gaming now that doesn't know this. They just don't care. (laughs) Well, it doesn't affect them. Well, they'd rather keep like, I don't don't even understand it, like, because they would sell so many more games if they would make it more inclusive and they just don't. I think they are afraid of losing Nazi money, but you know. (laughs) just I mean I'm I don't work for I've never worked in a company like that where you've had to deal with that sort of stuff so it's really beyond me but it is it is a problem that we have not yet solved in our world and it's something that is becoming more it's it's coming more and more out of the internet and affecting our our lives right and actually I this hadn't happened last time but I saw that there was a gamer who was killed over a game in the last week or so oh, in, yeah? in Latin America. I can't remember which country it was. I'll have to look it up and see if I can put the link in it. But it was a woman gamer who was killed by a man who stalked her, found her outside of the game and killed her. Jesus. Oh, my God. And I was just like, this book was prescient. Like, they knew that something like that would happen. They're uh, swatting, you know? Like, people yeah. SWAT teams to people's yeah. houses. So, like... Already, I'm sure, has killed somebody that we did, you know, whether we heard about it or not. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. It's like, I'm actually really glad that this book is addressing it. It's complicated. There's so many different parts of the story. That was cool. I liked how she did a multitude of perspectives. Like, I usually don't like that in books because I'll get really fixated on a character and I'll be like, no, don't switch. I want to know where they're going. But like, I like that she pulled in different people from the world. Like, mm-hmm. 
so you could see like, oh, this isn't just affecting these two teenage girls who care about computer science. It also affects other people too. Like, yeah. And then in the audiobook, it was different, different voice actors or different, different oh, yeah? narrators great. Yeah, for like the random people, um, which was pretty cool. I love that. They should always do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was very emotionally touched by this book. I cried multiple times. I cried when there was a scene about the, the, the two young boys and the, there was something about like how beautiful, oh no, the two scenes that I really cried in was when she goes to the lawyer and she realizes the lawyer yeah. plays. Yeah, that was good. And and it was just like, that was very emotional for me. And then the other scene that I really cried in was when we had the like home scene of the queer trans character. And that was like yeah. really, so like, oh, I just like bawled. <laughs> that, uh, that one felt very, it was very raw and I was like, wow, I didn't think I would be this emotional about like people playing a game, but like she did a really good job about explaining why games are like intimately connected to lo- people's lives. Yeah. Or can yeah. It's like having a chance to construct the identity you want instead of the one that you've been given and people like view you through. Yeah, exactly. you know? It's beautiful. I really, the game is such a good idea. I really feel like game companies should be talking to her. <laughs> like just even like the talking about like the various locales of it, I thought was interesting. Like, oh, the swamps versus like the plains or whatever. I thought it, I, I'm a nerd, but it sounded really cool. <laughs> yeah, so the very few games I played, one of them was Red Dead Redemption. And I loved going to all the different places because I was like, We'd finished the game and all at, by the end, all I was doing was like collecting all of the plants. So oh, I was yeah. just like riding like, around the world collecting the herbs to make sure I got all the herbs. All he did was like go around and collect various armor sets. I'm like, don't want to do the quest. And he's like, no, I'll do it later. <laughs> I have to get my complete badger armor. <laughs> it's fully decked out. I don't know something for everybody gaming is great yeah so talking about the the game for dessert we have peanut butter cookies and for the author she has her website has a very like beta set of cards that you can actually play with and you can play with your friends on twitter and so i did go and like look at the cards and because in the book she does this like really good job of describing how beautiful they are and like the artwork that she's buying um, ethically from artists and sourcing from black (laughs) artists. And um, you know, there's over a thousand cards, which is just an incredible volume to me, you know, and I really wanted to see them. And so online there's like a few, but it's only the ones mentioned in the books. And then there's not artwork for some of them. And I was like, man, I kind of wish this was something she was like crowdsourcing because I think it would be cool. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how like big YA books get, you know, I don't know if there's like enough people reading the books to be like, yes, I want to give you art for these cards. But I thought that would have been cool to see if it was like readers turning in like fan art or something like that. Fan art's good. Maybe Netflix will pick it up and we'll get to see. In that would be amazing. Like, I just really want to see, like, visually what this game looks like. Like, I could even forget, like, some of the narrative structure and just do something in the game world. <laughs> I just clicked on the link for the game website and just dealt myself a hand of three cards. <laughs> I got yes. the hustle card, which steals 50% of an opponent's points. I got the weave card, which lets your hair strike an opponent. <laughs> 
and nice. representation, which duplicates the card wielder times three. Ooh, <laughs> nice. That's so cool. Yeah, I I really oh, go ahead. Oh, we, we didn't even talk about the twist though. Oh, that's the that's the next one. But yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just no, excited. We can... I, got, <laughs> I got overly excited about how we were all surprised by the twist. Us our savvy, you know, jaded readers, but we were all like, what? <laughs> Did you want to finish what you were going to say about the cards, Britt? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, Sorry. okay. I just was like, because you had the link in the in the Google Doc or whatever. I was like, oh, let me check it out because I meant to do that before. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would be interested in trying it on Twitter to see if, like, it will actually do the points for you or if you have to do it on the back end. Anyway, we can we can test that. But, yeah, let's talk about the twist. Which I can't believe, Amanda, I was expecting at least you to know what happened. No, I had no idea. Like, that came out of left field. Like, I knew he was getting angry with her, but I thought it was just because she was, you know, focusing on her own stuff instead of talking to him. But I had no idea he would take it so far. Yeah, I didn't think it was the friend's brother because that just seemed too convenient. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be. I hated that little kid. I was happy to hate him and think it was him. (laughs) I was honestly thinking it would just be someone like him. Like the whole point would be like, there's so many people like this. Exactly. I thought it was going to be just like a rando internet stranger or whatever. But like the fact that it was Malcolm, (laughs) like the fact that he went that far to prove a point and like, I don't know. So Malcolm is a very like specific (laughs) type of cishet black man called a hotep (laughs) 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 who just sort of tout like right wing bullshit but like with the black man as front and center so like misogyny, misogynoir homophobia transphobia it's all like part of just replace white supremacy with a different kind of patriarchy pretty much and it's gross. And Malcolm's gross. <laughs> and, but the fact that he would, like, just literally make his character into an actual Nazi, like, just to prove a point is just so beyond, like, even anything that I thought would happen. And it's, he, he, it's like, he's saying, oh, this is my belief system and this is why I'm doing this because his video games are just generally bad. And, like, I am against video games because they're bad. I think he was against it because she stopped texting him so much. Like, I think yeah. if it hadn't been like the personal insult of her maybe ignoring him a little bit, he wouldn't have like gone to that extreme. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty fascinating metaphor that she's using. Like it's the Malcolm is like policing blackness in the guise of creating more black power And then he polices her blackness so far to the point of like embodying what should be anti-blackness, right? The white supremacist, he even creates the character with the Nazi insignias and everything, right? Mm -hmm. But in his like, in his full like embrace of doubling down on like what is and is not right, he becomes the opposite of like what he wanted to be. He like becomes the outright kind of, and then she, she has to, in the end, he himself is policed because of that, because he go, he transgresses so far, like at the end, very end of the book, there's this whole in-depth conversation on whether or not they will call the cops on him because he's threatened her life. He's doxxed her. 
he's threatened her life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. act- actually, it's become he a death like, threat. like, a call for his assa- her assassination, yeah. it felt like. Like, her wider assassination by the public. Yeah. Ew, he, no yeah, joke. He, and he so, um, her sister... Right. And so her sister, well, then I think he's like, I can call for her death because this black man died. Like she killed this. Black, he thinks that the black, she killed the black man because she, the boy that was killed because she created the game. Right. He's like transferred that onto her. So now he can call for her death because she it's, she's the reason why these, these black boys are not performing mm-hmm. masculinity in the way that they should be. And then because he goes so to that extreme violence, then her family and her sister have to call the police on him, which we know is a threat against black lives. It's just like, so it's very fascinating, twisting thread. And last time we did this, we recorded this. I looked up the 48 laws of power Wikipedia page just to like reference and be like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. There's now new sightings that in the 2021 insurrection, one of the Proud Boys leaders posted on Parler referring to the laws of powers that they should apply to the violence. And he referenced like, it looks like about 10 different laws. I'm like, that's, so now these white, these white supremacists are taking these like rules of power that came out of like, from a black man to then use for themselves. It's just fascinating to me. I. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just think that it's like really of the times. The narrative felt really of the times. And this specific topic is one that I think we will be struggling with for a while. Yeah, I yeah. I really liked the inclusion of like that conversation between her and her sister about like whether to call the police because like, yes, he threatened and doxed her. But then there's like the greater societal issue of like, calling the police on a black person especially a black man is often a death sentence he's already had trouble before you know and like and who knows if they'll get him first or if they'll just see some other kid and think well that could be him he's around the same area like and it just yeah it's a nightmare for like for options other than police like to deal with whatever the situation may be and like i was thinking about i have a friend who um is going through some mental health stuff and um he's getting treatment right now which is good but it took like an intervention and like a lot of lot to get there um but i was talking to my therapist about it and she's like well you could call for a wellness check and i was just like huh excuse isn't that where they send the cops and she's like yeah and i'm like no and like she's a black woman so like i was like miffed that she even suggested it like maybe she has to like legally i don't know but i was just like no that's so crazy what are you gonna call and say i'm a friend my friend's gonna kill himself and they're like oh well we'll just make sure he dies then like you're worried like yeah yeah, calling the police on my friend who's a black man even like in the guise of helping because like black people have gotten killed that way when their neighbors call for a wellness check and got to shoot first and ask questions later so like yeah yeah so i I, especially in seattle (laughs) where the book is set (laughs) oh my gosh seattle and bellevue which is where i'm currently living now and it's just so crazy it's ever really leafy like the kind that you read about but 
you didn't know existed, you know? I grew up rural, so I never grew up in a suburb, but this place is like suburb, man, it's wild. Bellevue is the prime example of a suburb. Well, I don't know how much like joyriding you go around uh, Seattle <laughs> and Bellevue, Amanda, but if you go to where I grew up, like you can see what a deep suburb looks like. <laughs> a, deep, a deep racially segregated suburb looks like. <laughs> uh, there's something else I was thinking about that. Oh, with the wellness check, the police are not here to help people. <laughs> They have weapons, they will, they will enact violence. And especially with folks with like mental wellness or like disability, like the percentage of people who are killed by police, experience police violence, and even are incarcerated, the percentage of people with disabilities is so high, it's really disproportionate. And like, it's just not safe because people who have different like yeah. mobility, right, are seen to be not following directions, not normal not following, but when like, really they might not hear you or mm -hmm. understand being asked of them. And so it's really not using the police as like, again, the, they're not, they're not there to help no. you with health or issues. Anything. I, but on the other okay. hand, Sorry. I was going to say the, on the other hand, like our main character is worth something, you know? And so she deserves protection yeah. too. Even though like there is that, history. like, I don't know. Like, I think you said last time when we were talking about the just be abuse so far that she just has to protect herself. And I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, like, I, I like that it wasn't just an automatic decision. Like, a, oh, let's just call the police and let them handle it. Like, they know best or whatever. Like, um, like, it was a, we have to do this, but like, it really sucks that we have to do this and there should be a better option, but it's what we've got. Shamal was on the same page. He was like, I w of course I'm calling the cops. Don't fuck with my family. That was his <laughs> commentary. But, you know, when last year when my friend was living with us who was going through the mental health issue, like I called a hotline in Alameda. Apparently there's a huge percentage of people who have mental health issues in Alameda County specifically. And I called them and they like talked me down because I was not doing well just like having to deal with my friend who is missing from the hospital and like walking around the street and their response was like well you can call the police and I was like I'm not gonna call the police on my friend I just like could I couldn't and my friend was not a, a black person they um brown woman of color but like I still wouldn't call the cops on them I just I mean she wasn't threatening me you know so like I was like I can't reconcile that <laughs> I just feel like I don't know and I don't know, it's not my place to say, but I feel like Black women are sometimes asked to bear the burden of the white supremacy yeah. more, yeah. you know? Like to give up, like, and endure abuse so they don't enact greater harm in their communities. And I, that's yeah. really shitty. That's really true. Oh, Britt, I saw, I can't remember what the post was now, but I, it was a, it was one of the, like, making the Black women the, the superhero savior and you on Twitter and you were like, no, black women are just people. Stop trying to make us do your work for Yes. It was after yeah. Amanda Gorman's inauguration poem, which was amazing. And she is incredibly talented. But kind of like with Stacey Abrams, people just took it too far and it got really fucking weird really fast. Where like so people were it was a cartoon, a comic of her like in a halo with wings like she's the angel who's gonna save us oh all God. or whatever and I'm just like no <laughs> like no 
Like that's not our job. <laughs> She's an artist, a very young artist, and you're putting like the salvation of the entire country on her shoulders. Do it to black pretty shitty. All the time. Like it's weird. Yeah, that's weird. And that's how I was feeling after the Brianna Taylor stuff last year is like her face was turned into all of this different art and like put on t-shirts and like used as branding and all this stuff. And I was like, she, her family's never going to see money from whatever you're gaining off of that. And it just really didn't sit right with me. Like, I, you know, I am an abolitionist. I believe in the cause, but when there's this whole like social media demonstration of support where people like will put up other people's images that feels wrong to me i don't know i have a real i don't do it because it there's like something off about it for me and it's i mean one most of those people have passed and can't give consent or like you know i'm not their friend or anything like it just feels odd it's that cult of personality where people are revered or like we kind of mine what we want and not see them as a whole person you know like ruth bader ginsburg for example is one i people Look like have, all martyrs you know like that's the point they can't speak for themselves anymore yeah. like i don't know they cease to be human so much as symbols yeah it makes me uncomfortable yeah it sucks back to this book though which i really loved i guess we're at the end the twist we didn't see coming is there any last words you want to say about this i mean i recommend it i think it's a really good book and it was one of the few that jamal and i've like listened to together so even dudes <laughs> who don't read YA can read this no <laughs> it took me a minute to get started on it but i it really picked up the pace as it went through like once it hit that sort of 50 percent mark like it was just like a tumble to the finish so if you are off put by the first chapter seeming a little slow then and the audio keep going really great <laughs> Yeah, I love this book. I want to play Slay. I wish I had a game like Slay. <laughs> Make Slay. <laughs> yes. Make the Slay knockoff. Like, yeah, I felt I felt very seen as like a black girl nerd. <laughs> That's why yeah. we need books like this. Yeah. We all deserve to be seen. <laughs> do I do? Did either of you pick up a song when you were reading it? I didn't the first time around, and I found a song which I think will be okay. But do you remember there being one in particular no, in there? No, I feel like any Beyonce would work. Oh, the hustle. The hustle. <laughs> do the hustle. Did like yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. where that's from? Like that's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. It's super funny. Like I was, I was doing my regular like low bar methodology where I go to into Spotify and I just like type in this like <laughs> the chap the title of the book or whatever and all of the songs that were written about slay written like talking about black women slaying were all written by men and I was really? just at least the first top few that came up on Spotify and oh, I was like no, wow. I, can't, I can't put like 2010 rappers talking about slay like women slaying there's like a line uh, formation i just couldn't though, do it like where she says i slay i slay all day. I slay.